another episode of the Touch Points podcast put on by East Point Bible Church. I sincerely hope and pray that this episode will encourage and challenge you in your faith. As I've been going through the book of Ephesians, uh, I came across a passage uh, that really convicted and struck me personally uh, with its fittingness for this day and age, but also for the relevancy of uh, this phase of life that I'm currently going through. And so that passage in Ephesians chapter 5 is going to be the subject uh, and theme uh, for the podcast uh, this time. And we're going to be looking at the subject of time and how to develop a biblical theology on time and how believers relate to time according to God's word. And so why is a biblical theology of time important? What is the reason why a believer should worry about developing a biblical lens through which we see time? I think all of us would agree that few things direct, control, and influence our lives more than time. Each person has a fixed amount of time each day to perform certain tasks, take care of responsibilities, accomplish work, um, figure out certain things, address problems. But all of these things are restricted by time. Everything we do, our work, our relationships, our responsibilities at home, all must fit within the time that we have, that fixed limited amount of time that each individual has. More can't be purchased. More can't be argued or bartered. We can't sacrifice time one day in order to gain time another day. But each person has a fixed amount of time each day. Consider this little simple illustration about our relationship with time. Think of time as a small safe that someone puts their valuables in. This safe is small, so it's limited. It can only have a few different valuables. And so it's limited each day about what things a person can put in this safe. And it's up to the person, the individual, to decide what type of things they want to fill the safe with. And so only a limited amount of things can get put into the safe and can be invested for the future. Everything else that isn't put in the safe fails to continue. It just ceases to exist. And this little illustration points to major principles about our relationship with time. That time is both valuable, but it is inherently limited, at least our time here on earth. That each day, we have the choice about what we want to fill and spend our time with. And whatever we don't spend our time with during that day is lost in that day. We'll never get a chance to redo what we invest, what we put in to a particular day. It's our choice that current day to put in what we want to see happen. And so as Christians, how should we view the time that we have? Through what lenses should we perceive the value and nature and quality of our lives here on earth? We have to be careful to not let the joy and the great promise of eternal life, which is essentially eternal time with God, to wrongfully dull or detriment how we view and treat our time here and now. And so to keep us from forming an erroneous view of time or accepting the perceptions of time held by the world around us, our theology of time must be grounded in what God has revealed in his word for us to know.
while God's word has much to say about the perception of time, uh, its nature, how we should regard it and treat it, uh, we're going to be focusing for the sake of time on one key passage to form the basis for our biblical theology of time. And so this passage is Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. So let's walk through this passage together to uncover uh, God's given truth for how we should view and relate to time. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says this, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. So Paul's focus in Ephesians 5 is to continue describing the life of those who have been made new by God. Uh, We see this in Ephesians 4, that the new position we have before God, being made alive by his grace, has produced a new nature, which means we should have a new lifestyle. And what does this new life look like? Well, in in 5.2, Paul says that we are to walk in love. In 5.8, Paul says that we are to walk as children of light. And then we come to verse 15 in chapter 5, where he commands believers to walk in wisdom. So Paul begins this new focus of walking in wisdom with an imperative, be careful, which in the Greek is two words, a verb and an adverb. And the verb blepo means to intentionally look out for or earnestly contemplate. And it means to take heed specifically with sight in mind. And it's an imperative, it's a command. And the adverb careful or akrobos describes something with precision or accuracy or carefulness and action described by those things. And so what does Paul want us to be careful doing or to be mindful doing? How you walk. In other words, how we should live. And so Paul commands believers intentionally to be mindful and careful and precise in how we live our lives, not to be reckless, inconsiderate, or ignorant in how we live. An example of this is hiking on a trail with rough terrain. Um, Each step must be made carefully uh, due to the rocks, due to roots, due to the type of soil you're hiking on, the elevation, the grade of the hill or the decline that you're hiking on. If you're hiking on rough terrain, you have to be mindful of each step. Failure to take a step seriously without careful consideration about where you're placing your foot, how much pressure you put on that foot, and how much of your weight you shift over to that foot can have serious consequences in either injury, damage, or losing precious equipment for the journey, stumbling off course, anything like that. And I think that's a good example of of what it means to live carefully or what it should look like to live carefully. That those who live without carefulness aimlessly live and act in a way that feels pleasing or appropriate to them in the moment. Those people, according to God's word, are unwise, not knowing the truth of God. But those who do live intentionally and who accurately step carefully, methodically, trying to step in line with God's word, those people have wisdom, a grasp and understanding of God's truth. Paul hits on the subject of this podcast with his next thought. What does it look like to live in carefulness considering the truth of God? Well, in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 16, the next verse, he says, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Making the most means to buy out of the hands of a person, to redeem or to set free. And within this context, it also means to rescue from the loss or misapplication. 
Uh, it's the opposite of using inefficiently or wasting. Paul uses this word in Colossians 4-5 when he says, conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. So this action that Paul is describing of making the most of our time means to maximize positively that which has been given to you. So what does Paul want us to redeem or to make the maximum good use of? Our time. Uh, the Greek has two words for time, one referring to an ongoing succession of events, that's chronos, and the other refers to time in a fixed or linear sphere or span of time, and that's kairos. And here Paul uses the word kairos for a specific implication. Kairos refers to a suitable proportion of limited time that has been fixed and is not changing. And the sense we get from this word is that Paul is communicating that time has been sovereignly, sovereignly allotted by God for each individual to remain alive on earth. Uh, the reality that each of our days have been numbered. Uh, Hebrews 9.27 communicates this thought. And inasmuch as it has been appointed for men to die once, after this comes judgment. Every single person has a limited amount of time that God has sovereignly decreed for them to live on earth. So what does Paul mean by making the most of our time? Uh, the next clause provides some clarity and focus on his meaning. Because the days are evil. What does Paul mean by this, the days are evil? Paul doesn't mean that time itself is evil. Uh, God created time to be the, the sphere in which his perfect creation, uh, which we can read about in Genesis 1 through 2, would exist and relate to him. So Paul isn't saying that time is evil. What Paul's focus is, is that evil that surrounds time, that is his focus. That we are surrounded in the time we're alive here on earth by evil forces, evil powers, evil influences. That as we're trying to strive to follow Christ, they are acting or working against us. Evil here is the Greek word paneros. And it's the active form of something that which is evil, bad, or unsound. And the follower of Christ is surrounded by these forces, influences, and powers that work against the will of God, his purposes, and his people. Those or majority of people, that majority of people who we share time with here on earth and the fallen world that we live in, who which we spend our time with, they don't align with the will of God. But what they do actually opposes God. Evil does not passively spectate Christians trying to live for Christ. But everything around us works against making the most of our time for the Lord. So let me say it again. That everything around us works against us as believers making the most of our time for the Lord. The believer will be tempted with that which the world embraces and accepts as valuable usages of our time. Temptations, pressures, intimidations, and enticements will all come from the world around us to use our time like them, wasting it away on temporal things of no eternal value or gratifying ourselves with the things that go against God's perfect will. So the believer has a choice. 
rescue our time from being wasted on the fleeting passions and desires of the evil around us by choosing to please God first and every day, or we can capitulate to the evil around us and waste our time living for that which does not please God. All of the unbelieving world circles the drain of time being wasted, soon to be gone forever. And the believer must labor to redeem and rescue our time from the drain of worthlessness by using our time and doing that which will last for eternity. We must be mindful that our time on earth will be judged by God. Uh, The unbeliever, their time will be judged uh, for condemnation, for eternity, for their sin. But for the believer, their time spent will be examined to determine reward. Look at Romans 2, 6 through 8. God who will render to each person according to his deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor, immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. Paul concludes with this thought in verse 17. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul commands uh, the believers to avoid a condition of the mind shared by the world, do not be, which is an imperative. What does Paul want believers to not be or to avoid? Being foolish with their time. Foolish means to be devoid or without good sense or sound judgment. It's a mindset of ignorance or inconsiderate thinking or reckless impulses. So do not dwell in the same mindset of the world for that labors for that which will not last and practices that which will bring judgment upon themselves. Believers should not view time and its purposes and practices through the same lens of the world. Paul then moves on to what he wants believers to be like. He uses the contrast of conjunction Allah or but in the English to compare the negative thing he doesn't want believers to be, that is foolish, with the introduction to what he does want believers to be. And what does he want believers to be? He wants us to understand, to bring together, to completely comprehend, to thoroughly grasp that what the will of the Lord is, or what that is that which brings pleasure or satisfaction to God. So the believer strives to earnestly please our Lord and Savior, not to gratify the flesh or accomplish the goals of the world around us. Believers are wise when they seek to understand how to please God in every use of their time. But we are fools when we leave God's will out of the picture for how we spend our time. God's word is challenging us to maximize our time by pleasing him in everything and avoiding the wastefulness of time the world embraces. And as a Christian, our time must be characterized by one overarching principle, that whether then, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So do not waste your time here on earth as fools. For it is limited, it is temporary, but use it carefully in pleasing our Lord, which is the lifestyle of the one who loves God's truth. I pray that this has encouraged and challenged you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Touchpoints Podcast.